Let's get scratching. We got an explosive broadcast coming to you. Listen up. Sega games, just keep playing them. Sega! We're back. It's the Sega Bit Swing Report Show. Live. Get ready for Sega interviews and news. Hello and welcome to the Segabit Swing and Report Show live, coming in about 20 minutes late here. Um, I have to admit, I vastly over, underestimated just how insane AMC is with their uh, pre-roll. So it's, you sit down, it says, you know, like Mario Menudo or whatever talks for like 30 minutes before the, the showtime even starts. You get, welcome to AMC, we have food at AMC, Dolby Digital has great sound, Dolby Digital has great video. Did we mention you're watching Dolby Digital? Um, here's the trailers, welcome to AMC, did we mention we have movies? Oh, go get some food. And then, and then we had about five minutes, or maybe four minutes of um, exclusive content. It was basically a Q&A with um, Idris Elba and uh, Ben Schwartz. And then after that, it was, um, Tom Wachowski himself, uh, James Marsden, aka Cyclops, talking and just like welcoming you. Um, but you know, it was a, it was a cool little bit of pre-roll. Um, now, before I dive into a kind of non-spoilery, spoilerly, spoilery thought section, um, I did want to talk about a few things. So the AMC and other theaters, at least in the U.S. Uh, they gave out freebies for the fan event tonight, so there was this slick poster. I actually got <laughs> three of them. I had two tickets, but they gave me an extra one. Um, then the other thing I got, which is really cool. Now, if you've ever watched our YouTube channel for a while, you'll know that I do a uh, video series, or I have in the past, called Fastest Food Alive, where I talk about Sonic the Hedgehog food promotions. And I, uh, I'll announce tonight that it is coming back. It's going to be a slightly different format before it was like slickly edited I wrote a script honestly guys that took me a really long time so I'm going to be bringing it back but it's going to be more kind of like this format but I'm going to film it in front of like a, a screen if you saw my sonic video blu-ray uh video that's on our channel it's going to be kind of like that anyway um so AMC has these they are little cup toppers there's tails and then there's a sonic one you can see that there and then the cups, it's the same cup. Um, there's Sonic on one side, Tails on the other, and then the lid. And then what you're meant to do is pop the lid on, and then let's just, let's open this. Let's bother all the collectors watching this. You pop the lid on, and then you put Sonic on there. And you got a little, you can go, oh, it's Sonic, and then let's put Tails on, because why not? We're having fun tonight. Pop tails on. Now what's funny is there's no detailing on their shoes, so they kind of just look like snow boots or something. But still, it's pretty cool, right? You can swap them out. Um, so these are a part of the kids pack, which is, um, I think it's $2.99 additional on top of the kids pack. I got two kids packs and these for $15. Bucks. Um, I keep talking about that extra ticket. It's because I actually took my four-year-old daughter to the movie, it was her first time in a theater, her first time seeing a movie, really. I mean, she's seen movies, but her first time in a theater seeing a movie. 
And she, it was really funny. She had so many questions. She was like, it's taking for a long time to start. And I'm like, yeah, it takes about 20 minutes before the movie actually even starts. Um, thankfully, it was a very chatty theater. Usually that bothers me, but with, with a child with you when she's talking, but other people are talking even more, it's, you know, it takes a lot of the edge off. It was kind of funny, though. 30 minutes into the movie, she goes, I want to go home. <laughs> I was like, you are not doing this to me, kid. Um, but she had a blast, absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I'll admit I was a little salty on social media uh, earlier today because I was seeing all of the people getting these advanced invites, yada, yada. Um, whereas on, on at least Segabits, and we got uh, our YouTube channel threatened and our Twitter account threatened by Paramount because we shared Happy Meal toy pictures that were publicly available. Weird stuff. Um, I'm not going to be showing off the Happy Meal stuff on this show. I'm going to save that for a Fastest Food Alive. Uh, another promo they were giving out for the fan night was this comic book. Um, I actually got three copies of this as well. On the back is just the poster. And then the comic inside is actually just... I think this was a free comic book day, too. It's just a reprint of... I want to say the first issue. Um... I don't know if there is a exclusive one. Jet Set Tornado. I'm not a big IDW expert, but if Jet Set Tornado does not seem to be something you've read before, then maybe that is an exclusive story. So it's maybe a reprint of the first issue's first act and then a Sonic and Tails story that's set within the IDW comics, but could just as well be read like with the movie in mind because it's just Sonic Tales and the Tornado. Um, yeah, so I if you're going Thursday or Friday, ask. They might have some still in stock, but these are really just for that showing that they did tonight. The cup toppers are still there. Um, last bit, so I went, I wore my Sonic shirt, I wore my uh, Sega employee sweatshirt that they gave out about eight years ago that had the controllers across it. Um, and then I wore these babies. So this was my uh, my big purchase. So I got the Sonic Fila shoes. And these actually arrived today, which was just amazing. Um, now, I'm not a sneakerhead, but I know you're typically not meant to wear them. But I wore them to the Sonic movie. So there's some Sonic movie grime on the bottom of the shoes. Came in this slick box. There you go. Um, and if you're like, oh, man, I want to get one of those. These are going back on sale. Uh, Fila has, if you visit their website and search the product page, you can sign up for email alerts and it will tell you when they go back in stock. Um, so they're not a limited drop like some of those other Sonic sneakers. These will be back. So fear not. Uh, last bit of pre-movie news. I actually went to Build-A-Bear with my daughter and they did not have the Sonic or the Tails in stock. They said they were getting them tomorrow. I guess they sold out, but... Um, yeah, I guess they're super popular, but I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? It saved me like $100. Uh, who knows? Maybe I won't get them. It was just kind of like a part of the night. You know, you go and get dinner, you go get a Sonic plush, and then you get these. Speaking of Sonic plush, one little funny anecdote. When I was at the theater, there was a dude sitting there. I, I He must have been in his 40s, went with his mom, and he brought, no joke, two like duffel bags full of Sonic plushies, and he sat with them all. And I was looking at him, I was like, wow, that takes some balls. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't do that. I wore Sonic shoes. I was kind of feeling a little, ugh. But, um, 
Man, yeah, bring all your Sonic plushes to the movies. I, I say go for it. Why not? Um, there will be a spoiler section. I'm just going to show you real quick what the graphics going to look like. There you go. You can see it there. So I'm not going to get spoilerly, spoilery right now. I see Dr. Scottnik is in the chat. Now, if I remember, uh, he did a very slick review video. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think so. I watched quite a few of them. They all run together, but I, I think that one definitely stood out. Um, so check that out. This this video, like I, I was thinking, should I do more of a written thing, put a lot of thought into it? No, I'm just going to you know go off the cuff, make this video, put it out there, and then wait until Sonic 3 comes out. So uh, overall impressions of the movie, I really liked it. Um, I was extremely negative about the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie leading up to release. Uh, there are several Sega News Bits videos out there with me and George. And I was just, I was mad. I wasn't mad, but I was just like, I would do all of these um, uh, little pantomimes of Sonic and Tom the Cop. And it was like, oh, I don't want to go fast, Tom. And he goes, you have to go fast, Sonic. And he goes, no, you, you don't have to go fast. You know, it was just kind of like, in the movie, um, the first movie, when it finally came out, uh, I, I actually didn't see it in the theaters. I watched a bootleg, and the reason for that was that the Sci-Fi Channel had a podcast, and they reached out to um, George and myself here at Segabits, and they wanted us to come on as the Sonic experts. And I'm like, we're not going to say no to that, but also... Uh, we should definitely see this movie, but it seems like there's like this Chinese virus going around. This was like, uh, like late February, and I was like, maybe it's maybe it's not smart to see the movie in theaters. I don't know. Um, and so I I watched a bootleg copy of the first Sonic movie the night before I talked to the Sci-Fi Channel podcast, and it was a great podcast. It was actually their last podcast. I think they fired everyone after our podcast. I don't think we were the ones to blame, but man, that was kind of funny. Um, but I think what I didn't like about the first movie was that the fact that they thought that original Sonic design was good to go and like that it, that would work for a movie was to me kind of insulting. And it just showed like if even if they changed the model of it, to me, I thought, you know, it's still the movie itself built around it that they can't change that comes from that mindset of character design, character development. I, I just thought it was bizarre, the original design. And I just couldn't shake it out of my head. Um, I rewatched re the first movie recently, and it plays a lot better knowing where the series goes in this sequel. Um, I will say that there are actually a very few elements from the first movie I think is done better in the second movie. Um, in the chat, we have Maddie asking, is it fine to watch Sonic 2 without watching the first film? I'll say, yeah, pretty much. Like, they actually do short clips from the first movie in the sequel. Um, they remind you who Longclaw was, which was Sonic's, like, um, mom or, like, uh, I don't know, adopted mother, Owl Lady. Um, they touch on plot points from the first movie. But honestly, all you need to know is that Sonic w was raised by an owl. He went to Earth. He uh, met a cop in a small town. He lost his rings. He had to get them back. Robotnik tried to get them first. He took Sonic's quill and then fell into a mushroom dimension. And then Tails appeared. 
and then the movie ends. Like, that's it. <laughs> so um, the sequel has so much more going on in it. Um, I will say, I guess I'll just give general thoughts on non-spoilery spoilery thoughts on the, the characters and the plot. So uh, the plot itself is much more in line with the, I would say, the Genesis games as a whole, not just Sonic 2. It draws on a lot of plot points in Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles. So really, you could consider this movie to be a very loose adaptation of Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Sonic and & Knuckles, which seems like a lot to cover, but honestly, when you look at those Genesis games, there is not a lot of plot in them outside of Sonic meets Tails, Robotnik tricks Knuckles, Knuckles realizes he's been tricked, Robotnik takes the emerald, Sonic takes it back. And, you know, I mean, that's not a spoiler because that's what they've been setting up throughout the um, campaign for this movie. But what surprised me is uh, there were a lot of little clever editing tricks in the trailers, so they definitely pull a marvel. There are scenes where characters are present in the movie but not present in the scenes in the trailers. There are also kind of misdirects within the Sonic 2 movie trailers where a character will do an action and then you'll see the result. But when you watch the movie, a character will do the action and like fail or something else will happen. And then something will, you know, a little plot will happen and then you'll see the result that was in the trailer. Um, almost kind of spoiled it in the trailers just because... Um, and I don't know if, I don't think this is, no, this is not a spoiler. But when Tom throws the ring and it opens into the portal um, at the wedding, that scene in the trailers, the first time he messes up. And there's a, sh a short little sequence where he finally throws the ring. Um, so there's, there's elements like that. Um, there are sequences in the trailers where uh, Sonic and Tails will be together. But then you'll realize in the movie that other characters were in that scene and either just out of frame or had just left the scene. So I think they did a really good job in the lead up to this in hiding a lot of plot points. Um, we have Dr. Scottnet here saying, for me, the film also gave off big Sonic Adventure vibes. Yes, most definitely. Um, you see those locations in the trailers themselves. Uh, there are the temples, which really... I mean, kind of evoked um, the temple scene in Sonic 2 and 3, but really to me felt like the, the temple stages in Sonic Adventure 1. Uh, Sonic running around a city also felt a lot like Sonic Adventure. In fact, in the trailers you see the um, uh, Sonic Adventure uh, manhole covers blasting and all the water spraying out, and that's like totally Sonic Adventure right there. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just I'll run through the cast here. So Sonic, I think Sonic is better than he was in the first film. Since he has friends and family now, he's a lot less whiny about not having friends. Uh, there's, um, you know, there's there's been a lot of uh, talk about how that's really what sets Sonic movie Sonic apart from all the other Sonics. He's never wanted friends. He's always just kind of had friends. And so I think it's interesting to see pre-friend Sonic, um, which is just, it's, I mean, it's kind of funny that they built a whole movie, 1.5 movies about Sonic making friends, which has never been really a plot point. He just kind of meets people. But like in Sonic 1, he wasn't like, there wasn't a little digital tear down Sonic's eye when Green Hill Zone started. Maybe there was. Um, there 
is, and I want to bring this up too uh, before I move on, there is a lot of dialogue in the trailer that was at different points in the movie. So yes, the, the Sonic would say like, you're forgetting something. And then he would say a line in the trailer that's actually at the end of the movie. There were also um, uh, different takes used. So I know a lot of people were kind of like, when, when in the trailer you see the laser on Tails' eye or head and then Robotnik appears and Sonic goes, oh boy. Well, I think a lot of people on Twitter were like, what did he say? I don't understand. He say, who boy? Um, in the movie itself, he just goes, oh boy, or oh no. So, you know, it's a lot less goofy. They took a little bit of the Ben Schwartz out of that. But going back to Sonic himself, I would say about one third of the way into the movie, he becomes pretty much the Sonic you know and love from Sonic Adventure onward. He's, he's cocky. He has friends. He's adventurous. Um, I mean, there's a few points where he's like, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, I need friends. I need family. But like, they're right there to help him. Um, it's just kind of nailing, uh, you know, hitting home the fact that this Sonic has evolved since the first movie. Uh, Knuckles, I was very surprised by Knuckles. I was really thinking they would pull a late modern Sonic era uh, Knuckles take or Sonic Boom take where he was just a big dumb oaf. Um, and they kind of do that, but what I thought was really interesting, what I liked about Knuckles here, is that he wasn't so much a meathead idiot. It was because he came from this ancient, proud race. And he's almost kind of like, if you've seen those movies in the like 90s where like a kid would bring a uh, like a warrior knight from the the Middle Ages to modern day, and he'd walk around, and he'd still like act pompous and be like, "Oh my, look at this!" You know, it, he kind of had that sort of vibe where he he didn't understand things because he wasn't of that world, and he was like a a proud warrior. And so to present him with things like baseball and ice cream and things like that, he would be like, "What? What is this?" You know, and and. I liked that take on him. I hope the Knuckles series sees... Um, w when they announced a Paramount Plus uh, Knuckles series, I was like, oh, it's going to be like origin story stuff. Um, but instead, I'm really hoping it's Knuckles on our world, but like doing his own thing. So maybe he has his own cast of characters, like his Tom or something like that. So we see him on Earth dealing with stuff. I mean, even if it was a sitcom, I wouldn't mind it. I think that would actually be really funny. But who knows? Maybe they'll they'll take it a more epic route um, with the Knuckles miniseries. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I really like Knuckles. His accent was interesting. I thought based, there was like this weird YouTube kid video where the kid was talking to Knuckles and he was like in like a really echoey room and he's like, Hello, Knuckles. I'll have a question for you. And he'd be like, and Knuckles would talk and he would have an English, he would have Idris Elba's accent, which was really bizarre. And I was like, oh, maybe he does have that accent in the movie. He doesn't, but he do also does not have Idris Elba's uh, American accent. Because if you've ever seen The Office, he plays um, a character on that who's just straight up like American dude. Um, here, it, it almost sounded like he had marbles in his mouth. Like he was almost doing like a Sylvester Stallone like a very light Stallone. I, I, it's hard to explain, but when you watch it, it's like he has an act, like an otherworldly accent. Like it sounds like he's from this ancient tribe, but um, 
I'm seeing a lot of, uh, in the chat, a lot of comparisons to Drax. Absolutely. And I don't think Drax is an idiot. I think it's just like the way his, um, from Guardians of the Galaxy, the way his people kind of deal with things. So yeah, they, they almost take like a Star Trek approach with Knuckles, where it's like he is this species or this race, and that's just kind of what they are. Um, sort of like how Worf. Worf's not an idiot on uh, Next Generation, but he he comes from a different culture, so he seems like he'll approach things in a dumb way, but he's not an idiot. Um, yeah, I, I think it would I think it would be great to see more of him, and I'm glad we are seeing more of him. Tales Tales was I mean it was basically video game Tales. It was basically Sonic Boom or um, modern Sonic Tales in a movie. And I think Colleen O'Shaughnessy um, really lucked out in having that post-credits appearance in the first Sonic movie because I, I think at that time they were like, during the reworking, they were like, we got to throw something in that'll really get people excited. Let's add Tails. Obviously, we'll add Tails. Who, who voices Tails? Well, we're not going to do a celebrity stunt voice when it's like one line or two lines. So let's just bring the person that voices Tails in and then deal with that as we move on. And I 100% bet that when Sonic 2 was being created, the movie, um, I will bet they floated around other names. I bet, uh, and I'm blanking on his name, which I'm kind of proud of, um, Spider-Man, the current Spider-Man actor. I bet he was floated. As playing Tails. You know, like he's played everyone. Maybe Chris Pratt could play Tails. I mean, he's playing Garfield. But no, I, I do think they probably did float some celebrity name, names. But it, it likely was maybe the creative team and cast and, and maybe even vocal fans that saved Colleen from being replaced because it's just, I mean, even though she is a, a voice actor of TV and video games, she is Tails. She does a, such a fantastic Tails. And in my perfect world, as much as I love Idris Elba and Ben Schwartz, I would love to see the video game cast doing the movie. And who knows, we might. Like, there has been franchises that go on so long that they actually um, kick... I'm kicking someone out of the chat right now. Um, that they actually kick actors out and replace them, or, or the actors just become too expensive. So, I mean, for all we know we might be seeing a, um, you know, who knows? We might be seeing some video game actors coming in because of the series reaching Sonic 4, Sonic 5, Sonic 6, Sonic TV series, who knows? Especially Idris Elba, but I don't know, we'll see. Uh, Jim Carrey, oh my God. Um, I was not a big fan of Jim Carrey in the first movie. I thought he was a little toned down for who Jim Carrey can really be. And he just went total Grinch in this movie. He got really into the whole makeup and costume, over-the-top character. Uh, he is, I wouldn't say he's much closer to the um, video game version. He's much closer to an unhinged Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Um, which is not a bad thing, because it's like if Jim Carrey got super intelligence and became a mad scientist... And I know he has said that he's going to retire, he would like to retire, but I could also see him basically doing like one more movie. I, I think he would come back if they gave him even more creative control. I'd love to see Jim Carrey in a fat suit with the little gut. Um, 
I'd love to see him again as the villain. They've said they wouldn't recast him, which I think would be a big mistake. Uh, just because you, you can't... I mean, I don't know. Like, it, It's not a Black Panther situation where it's a, a, sad, a sad event where the actor himself is unable to fulfill the role because they had passed away. I mean, in this case, it's just Jim Carrey retiring. I don't think he would be bothered if another guy would come on and play uh, Dr. Robotnik. But having said that, I think he would come back for a third movie. I just think it looks like in the press tours that he's having a lot of fun with the cast, with the director. And if they came to him and said, hey, this is your last one, ends the trilogy, here's some crazy stuff you can do with the character, we will give you creative involvement too, you can have a producer role, yada yada. I, I think he would do it. I think he would. Let's talk about the humans real quick. So um, Tom and Maddie, I mean, they basically are Tom and Maddie as they were in the first movie. Just kind of like the the parents that are there for them, for Sonic. Um, kind of, you know, cheering him on. They're basically Sonic's cheerleaders throughout the movie. Not a bad thing. Um, there's some funny moments with them. They honestly kind of channel Sonic and Tails through Tom and Maddie, which is interesting. Uh, Rachel... Uh, which is Maddie's sister, who was at the wedding, is really... I, I've seen a lot of people saying, like, this is her movie. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's her movie, but she's definitely a breakout star in this one. Um, you've seen, again, from the trailers, her really doing a lot more um, uh, physical acting, a lot of comedy out of her. Um, she plays, like, the bridezilla to the extreme, and I think that's what really works with the humans when they make the humans' situations a lot more cartoonish. And so I really like that. Um, Randall, her fiancé, uh, you know, I thought he was good. Talk more about him in the spoiler section, I guess. Wade, uh, Wade and Agent Stone are both kind of like the sidekicks. They could have pushed to the side just because there's so many characters. But I think they did a really great job including them because basically they're... they're overseeing the home base. So Wade's at Green Hill, Montana, and then uh, uh, Ancient Stone is at the coffee shop, you know, like overseeing kind of like the home base. And they have a, a few good scenes together, actually. Um, and yeah, I mean, they actually, these are kind of comic actors, especially with Adam Pally. There's a really funny Conan O'Brien interview he did dressed as the mask and um, Abraham Lincoln. So this is, I mean, he does a very deadpan humor. And so to see him working off of some of the villains was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, that, that pretty much covers the characters, the general vibe of the movie. Uh, the plot, I thought was, as I mentioned, it's, it's pretty much taking beats from Sonic 2 through Sonic and Knuckles, but applying uh, story points we saw in the original Sonic movie. And so, yeah, I overall, I would say the Sonic 2 movie um, was what I wanted from a Sonic movie from the beginning. I was saying, you know, years back when we were doing News Bits videos leading up to the release of the first one, I was saying all I want in a Sonic movie is Sonic and Tails in the tornado um, and there to be islands and there to be giant robots. And this movie basically gave me all that. Um, so I, I really can't complain because this movie gave me exactly what I wanted. 
Um, no spoilers right now, but I think it ended in a very good place, a very strong place. They, the, sky's, the sky's pretty much the limit for a third movie, and I think what's really going to be interesting is the, um, the Knuckles spinoff series, because it almost gives me Peacemaker vibes, because when they announced Peacemaker having a miniseries, I was like, what are they going to do with that? And then it ended up being a really fun show. So with Knuckles, I'm like, what are they going to do with that? And it might be a really fun show, so we'll see. Um, if I'm going to apply a letter grade on it, which as we do at Segabits, um, I would say the first movie is a, I'll be nice, I think it was a B-. minus. I think in its original form, the first movie probably would have been a C, <laughs> just with C-, minus, even with the design, just that design alone. So I think B-, minus, just for changing the design, uh, really brought it to, I guess, the next level. Um, which, by the way, they almost said welcome to the next level, but instead they said welcome to the new norm, and that's in the trailers too, where, uh, where Robotnik says that, so almost said it. Um, I think for the sequel, letter grade, ugh, top of my head, I will go with hmm, A-. I think there are areas of improvement. I think the score, the music score was forgettable. It was serviceable. It was your typical kind of action-y music for a movie like this. But it honestly was not even cartoony. Like, there was nothing really... Like, when I say cartoony, I mean, like, okay, Hans Zimmer did music for the Simpsons movie. And there are... I mean, it's just a Simpsons movie, but there are themes in that that, like, really are memorable and hit hard. And they are exclusive to that movie. They didn't really... He didn't pull from existing uh, Simpsons themes from the series... He introduced new fun stuff and really elevated it and, again, brought it to the next level. Whereas um, Junkie XL, uh, going by his his maiden name, I guess, um, I, I just thought it was kind of forgettable. I can't think of what the sonic theme is. It's just kind of like orchestral, bum, ba ba ba, like, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just really surprised that for all the fan service they threw into this movie that, Tom, is it Tom Holkenberg? Um, that the score in the movie was just serviceable at best. They're, they didn't even do like a song drop where you're like, oh, that's the song from that game or it's a remix or something, which I think is interesting because the Japanese version of Sonic 2, which comes out in what, like three or four months, is going to have uh, the Dreams Come True team performing well no they're not performing it like they did it like six months ago but it's their green hill lyric piece and in the movie itself the movie kicks off with that music playing over some scenes and the movie ends with i went by the music i mean the kid cutty music over the credits so i have to imagine the japanese version of this movie is going to kick off with the green hill zone theme pretty much playing over green hills montana which is just perfect and then the movie ends with uh, I mean, granted, a Sonic 1 remix, but still, it's, I don't know, I think it's cool. It's not a, the greatest dreams come true, dreams, yeah, track, but still, I don't know. I prefer it a little bit more to the junkie, not junkie, Kid Cudi track. Um, so that just about does it for the non-spoiler section. So I think there's probably people on all the coasts who have seen it now with the... Uh, the um, fan screenings, there's also been press screenings and stuff. So let's get into 
the spoilers. Um, I really wanted to take out my notes app on my phone and actually write down some things because there were so many things that popped up on my mind and I was like, oh, I got to remember that. Um, so Easter eggs. I really liked um, that the Mean Bean coffee place was in the movie as more than just an Easter egg. I mean, we saw the set pics and we we're like, oh, look, Mean Bean, they threw that in there. That's like a main location in the movie. And it's actually a secret base. It's like the whole Mean Bean coffee shop is actually a machine. And so at one point when the when the whole Mean Bean coffee house transformed into Robotnik's uh, hideout, I realized that that is Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean machine. Like they did it. They made Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean machine physically as a, a location in the movie. And I just thought that was perfect. Um, I really loved the, I wouldn't say it's blink and you miss it, but there are a few uh, moments when Agent Stone is looking at possible costumes for, uh, for Robotnik. And one of them is the classic Eggman costume. It's like a high-waisted black pants with a big yellow, um, like, uh, collar and it's it's Jim Carrey dressed as the original video game Eggman which I just thought was fantastic uh, Sonic almost exclusively calls Robotnik Eggman in the movie I would say you hear Eggman more than you do Robotnik which surprised me um, the introduction of the uh, I guess it's not the death egg robot it's ro it's it's the Eggman giant Eggman robot um, I liked how it was basically like a, uh, a Power Rangers suit where he was inside the head and anything he did, the machine did. Um, I think the best, my favorite thing about the whole movie is that we finally, finally, finally get to see Super Robotnik, Super Eggman. Like we see, and this is something I've thought maybe Unleashed would do, like... I'm so surprised that no modern game has ever had uh, Eggman absorb the emerald and then become his super form. And so I really loved how instead of yellow, it's green for him. He takes on like the power, the color of the master emerald. Um, his eyes turn green, his suit turns black and green, and he basically can move. He's like lightning, basically. He can, He's not so much speedy, fast like Sonic, but he can just like zap anywhere as fast as the speed of lightning can and control machines with his little little things. So he's not like all powerful, but he's insanely powerful. Um, and I, I, I'm just kind of riffing here. Uh, I really liked how Knuckles can punch the emerald right out of uh, Dr. Robotnik which um, before I went to the theater, I actually was playing Sonic 3 Complete and I saw Knuckles punch the emeralds right out of Super Sonic in the game. So I was like, wow, they, they did it. They made um, Knuckles' superpowers that he can punch the emeralds right out of any super form, which uh, is game canon. I thought that was really cool. Um, I guess I'll just, I'll get to the elephant in the room, Super Sonic. Um, I mean, we have the McDonald's toys teasing it. We have the 2.5-inch action figure coming, uh, which features a mystery toy, which is that. And I, I don't... I, Supersonic did not disappoint. Uh, wasn't the longest screen time, but I would say it was 
probably just as long as you would see in a Sonic video game, pretty much. Um, I thought that his powers were pretty cool. Like, I mean, he's basically Sonic who can fly and bust through anything, but also he can just, he has like super strength, like Superman, like when um, the, the giant Eggman robot's coming into punch and Sonic just goes, bup, and just stops it casually. Um, I really liked the chili dog joke at the end where Supersonic can pretty much summon chili dogs and that they kind of ended it on a lighthearted note there. Um, I don't know what else. Uh, the, the whole lore. So the fact that they revisited and did not push aside the uh, long claw, the owl lore was surprising to me because I thought it was not the weakest point of the first movie, but the weirdest point. Like, this is something that has never been in the games, and yet it's here in the movies as, like, a very important thing. Um, but when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, when you play those classic games, you see a lot, a lot of owl imagery. There is the um, owl totem poles boss battle in uh, Sonic 2. There's, like owl reliefs or like bird reliefs in a lot of the ancient temple stages and I think the strongest sequence was like Sonic literally in a temple stage where it had all the traps um I believe it had some Eggman robots in it I could be wrong maybe I'm getting my scenes confused but I just thought that was fantastic I think that was my favorite part where they were going through the temple to the Master Emerald um what else was I saying? Oh, the owls. So, the owls. Um, I, I thought it was really cool that they find, they went back, they explained how the, the Knuckles tribe or the Echidna tribe killing Longclaw was Knuckles' family, that his dad was there as one of them, maybe the main one. Um, so we actually saw Knuckles' father on screen, which I thought was kind of surprising. And I just really liked that they played up this um, they added Sonic to Knuckles' lore in an interesting way because they made Sonic on one side of the, the, the owls or the birds, the ancient birds, and then the echidnas on the other with Knuckles. And so it really was Sonic versus Knuckles. Um, but Sonic was never mean about it. Like, he would fight when Knuckles would fight or threaten his friends, but Sonic would never, like, keep going at it, really. I think he... Um, I think they, they did a very good job balancing out Sonic's, uh, you know, genuine goodness um, with his kind of, like, initial, I wouldn't call it hatred, but just initial, I don't know, conflict with Knuckles. Um, I thought that played out really well. I, I don't know, I would have liked to see more of Robotnik kind of befriending Knuckles, being a little nicer to him, um, because when Knuckles calls him his friends... I, his friend, I thought that was a little odd. I'm like, not really your friend, dude. You, you've seen him not really be nice to anyone. Um, but yeah, going back to the lore, I just thought it was explained really well. I really liked the flashback scene. It was almost like 2D animated or something where we saw like, it was like Lord of the Rings level battle of like all these echidnas fighting. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, it was brought up by Tyson Hess Hees, on Twitter that he added Babylonian runes to the owl language. That's what that was. And so he said it was a subtle tie-in to the Babylon rogues or Ru Babylon rogues from Sonic Riders. So basically inferring that 
the the owls, all the birds you see are the Babylon rogues, and then the echidnas are, you know, of that. So it basically took Sonic Adventure lore and combined it with Sonic Riders lore and made these two factions that Sonic has a connection to. Um, the map playing a much larger part was surprising to me. I thought that was just kind of like an Easter egg, but they actually point to the emerald that's on the map and it actually means something. The map has like an Obi-Wan Kenobi spirit moment, which again was surprising. And I think that kind of sums up a lot of the moments in this movie, which was surprising. I was like, oh, they're going there. Oh, they're doing that. Um, because like I said, there's so much they could have pushed aside from the first movie, but they honestly really don't. They even include like all the human characters, the the weird owl lore, but then they build on it. And I think what really works is that um, what really works is that the the sequel, anything new it brings, really comes from the games and ties in more game lore to connect to the first movie and make the first movie's movie f make a little more sense. Not that the first movie didn't make sense, but the fact that, again, like, why are owls here? I guess they'll explain that. And they did. So it, it really felt like the conclusion to a two-part story. Um, let's check the comments here. Uh... Let's see. So we have um, and uh, Adonai Baptiste saying in the movie, Knuckles stated he thought there's there was more of you when he was referring to Sonic. So maybe, oh, maybe we might get a Sonic clan. Yeah, that might be interesting. Um, it, it could be that Knuckles, I mean, should I get into it? Should we get into the, the mid-credit scene? Um, so I tried to remain largely unspoiled from this but then a week ago someone posted a photo like from it just out of the blue on twitter so thank you, you idiot um so spoiler alert spoiler alert blah, 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 blah. um the mid credit scene sees the aftermath of the battle between the giant eggman robot and supersonic uh there's no sign of agent stone or robotnik and then they talk about how they were going through the files that they um, seized from Robotnik, the government seized. And uh, they reveal that there is some really old data from 50 years ago about Project Shadow. And you see full-on, full, full-body uh, Shadow the Hedgehog in a tube. So um, what, what really surprised me is, was they went, not only did they featured Shadow before uh, Metal Sonic, but that they actually went there, that they um, did the 50 years prior. So if Jim Carrey decides not to appear in any other film, they could very well do like an AI uh, Gerald Robotnik with a new comic actor playing like an old man with a big mustache and have, I mean, they could do that. I, but to be quite honest, I, I'd like to see Jim Carrey return. I'd like to see him... Uh, Either because the thing is they don't make clear is does Jim is Robotnik aware of this Project Shadow, or is this something that even he himself did not have access to? Because maybe it's a family of scientists, and so it's not Robotnik's files; it's Robotnik family files that even even I guess Jim Carrey Eggman was unaware of. Um, so when I said earlier in the non-spoilery segment that sky's the limit for the third one, that's what I mean because they they can do pretty much anything with um, Shadow, and I, I hope they do. Um, I think, um, just kind of riffing here, 
we're going to kick off on Earth. We're going to have Sonic Tails and Knuckles. Um, we're going to see uh, Shadow, obviously. I think Gun is going to play a larger role. Um, what I really liked here was that they they basically revealed that Gun came about because of the incident in the first movie. And um, oh, and I didn't talk about uh, Randall, which is Rachel's groom. He turns out to be a gun operative who is undercover, and that leads to probably one of the best human-only moments in the movie where uh, Rachel takes a just-married golf cart and just, like, destroys the wedding, uh, the dance floor and everything with it, and almost... Well, she almost... Does she hit him? She almost hits him with the golf cart. Um, and then he, like, reveals that he fell in love with her when he was sent on this mission to fall in love with her. So, you know, this is a little cheesy, but... Um, I like now that moving into the third movie, a gun agent is a part of the main human cast. I think uh, Shamar Moore, which is what his name is, um, did a really good job. And so if Tom gets sidelined and we see less of Tom, I would like to see more of Randall um, and more gun agents in general. I think that would be really cool. Would we see Rouge the Bat? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think we would have too many animal characters in the movie, as is with Shadow on top of Sonic Tails and Knuckles. Um, I think they're going to do the one-friend-a-movie approach. Though, having said that, I think it would be a real shame if Amy Rose never appears in the first three movies, just because I think we need a little more female representation. Otherwise, it's just going to be four male characters... Uh, two human, ma two main human male characters, and then two women as kind of like secondary characters. Not, not to say that Maddie, MaddieWachowski.com. Please check it out. It's uh, my website. Um, I'm not joking. I actually registered the URL. Uh, but she does a lot in this movie. I think she did a great job. Um, she played. Uh, her name is uh, Tika Sumter. She played Michelle Obama in the movie Southside with You which I actually, I lived near where they filmed that. Um, and I saw her, I saw Maddie Wachowski, Tika Sumter herself, dressed as <laughs> as a young Michelle Obama um, right near a, a store I would frequent. And I was like, oh, they're filming a period movie. What's that? Oh, there's that lady. She kind of looks familiar. And then it turned out to be Michelle Obama, um, which really brings the whole, uh, what was it, that Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic backpack. I mean, we're pretty much there, right? Because we've got Sonics and Obama. He's part of the family now. Um, checking the comments here, we have, again, Adoni saying uh, they could bring back Robotnik uh, in the fourth movie, but I really wanted to see Metal Sonic. Yeah, talking about Metal Sonic. So I think I get why Shadow is going to be in the movie, the third movie, because he's a major character in the games. There was a, I mean, there were guys like being over the top in the theater. There's a guy going, oh, oh, and he stood up in the aisle and so going, I have such a big heart on. And I'm like, dude, my daughter's here. Thankfully, she didn't hear him. But still, it was like, okay, yeah, we get it. But I think there's a lot more to the Shadow story just with the Gerald Robotnik 50 years in the past, the, the Robotnik family legacy. Like, I think that's all really cool. Uh, the moon being blown up, they could do. Like, there's some really cool things there. Whereas with, with Metal Sonic, I guess, like, you can do some cool stuff they did with the OVA, uh, but honestly, it's like, he's a robot who wants to be like Sonic, but isn't, 
and if you want to bring the time stones in then it gets a little more interesting so i think if they do a fourth movie i think they should do the time stones i think they should not call the movie sonic 4 um but no it wasn't the plushy guy from the comments having a boner uh, it was a different guy down down at the front um but uh yeah I, I don't think they should call the fourth movie sonic 4 i think that actually obviously has negative connotations to the name um and i don't hate sonic 4 but i think it would be a huge mistake to call a, a movie sonic 4 i think if anything you could do like sonic the hedgehog time something like i think it would be really cool to do a time travel movie introduce the time stones have metal sonic be in that one um and then you could do some really fun Back to the Future 2 kind of stuff where you could go back to events from the first movie. You could have Sonic go back in time and see Longclaw again. And maybe even have a moment where Sonic goes back in time. I mean, I'm just being crazy now. Sonic goes back in time to Longclaw before baby Sonic appears and Longclaw dies. And Sonic's like, listen, blah, 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 blah. Tells her something important, leaves. And then he actually sets up the whole plot like you got to send me to earth la 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 like there's so much you could do with time travel and i think it's only a matter of time given time travel is a thing within the movies or in the movies in the games so um here we have dr scottnick saying uh was interesting the way they introduced gun but basically almost word for word how they introduce unit and torchwood uh, and doctor who potentially a small homage to that yeah maybe um I mean, Gunn was basically a placeholder for the government, which played a big role in the first movie. But here, at least, it had Sonic Adventure 2 connections, which was fun. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? Oh, some, some other Easter eggs. I really liked how the manual to the giant Eggman robot looked like the original manual you got with the Sega Genesis. I actually still have that. It's somewhere in my paper products back there. Uh, so that was really fun. I, that made me... Um, audibly make a, a noise. I don't know what that noise was, but I'm sure the people around me heard it. I probably went, oh, oh, it's the thing. Um, man, I don't know what else. I mean, there are a lot of little visual Easter eggs. I'm not going to spoil them all because honestly, I can't remember them all. Um, there is one scene I'm not talking about and I think it's just because it kind of happened and then I moved on with the movie and didn't really think about it. And that's a dance sequence in a, I guess, Russian or or. I forgot where they were. You can remind me. Um, in like a, a a little top of a mountain in a little cabin. And they're in this like bar. So it's like, oh, we're bringing back the, the you know, the CD bar from the first movie, but in a completely different area. And Sonic basically almost gets killed. Sonic and Tails almost get thrown into a fire. But then they have a dance battle. And it brings about one of my most hated uh, CG movie tropes, which is dancing for no reason like i don't know why i don't know if like if you're an animator watching this like a cg animator please tell me why characters doing break dancing is like a thing you see it all the time even toy story did it in their lead up you would see like the trailers and then it would say have like a white background with a character standing in like a white space and it would show like this december and it would be like Woody doing like a breakdancing move. Like, I, I don't get it. And here they turn it up to 11 by having it within the movie itself for an extended sequence. Um, and and Tails has his devices. I mean, Tails has a gun in this movie, which is pretty cool. That's why I feel like Tails is like Sonic Boom Tails. But yeah, Tails has a machine that can make clones of him. And 
to be fair, I think the dance sequence is kind of cringy and kind of stupid as it was. It wasn't really pointless because it did set up that Sonic and Tails. It was one of the few moments they could become friends, um, which really would not... I think if you take this movie out, you don't get that moment where Sonic and Tails get to overcome something smaller together and kind of laugh about it and, and become buddies through that. Uh, so that's not so much a problem, but it definitely felt like something out of Tangled, where they go to the um, I Have a Dream bar, and they all like all the weirdo bad guys. It's just like the most cartoonish scene in the movie, and I, I can see people complaining about it as, as time goes on with this movie, but I, I think there were two important things, which is the reveal of Tails's, uh like duplicator machine, and then, of course, Sonic and Tails becoming closer buddies through the power of dance. I thought that was fun to kind of have, even though it was like, I guess, life or death. I don't think they would have been murdered if they lost the dance battle. Um, but, yeah, um, Adonai says here, I hated that scene. It wasn't even a dance battle. The poor guy didn't stand a chance. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Like, Sonic and Tails were doing their, like, CG you know, pop and lock, oh, and then this guy's just doing like a little Russian jig on the floor and he passes out. Um, weird, weird. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think um, I've been talking for close to an hour here. I think I've covered uh, just about as much as I would want to say about the movie. I think overall, good effort. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I think moving forward, I'm really interested in seeing how they're really going to expand Knuckles. Uh, obviously, they are going to, so I'm interested to see what they're going to do. Like, what is there to see with Knuckles? And the third one, I mean, they say they're building a cinematic universe. I mean, I mean, isn't everybody? But still, um, yeah, maybe the Knuckles miniseries will be how Knuckles learned to glide. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like talking about that Tails thing, we have Jay here mentioning, uh, yeah, like the duplication gadget appeared for a reason because it appeared later at the end to defeat Robotnik. And I think if that happened without prior introduction, people would be going, oh my, wait, did they just, what happened? What's going on? Why are there a bunch of Tails? But Tails is basically the minion, the minions of the uh, Sonic universe now. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, so those are my thoughts. Consider this my... My review, my final word on Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, I think when I talk about this again, it will be on a Sega Talk episode, maybe next year. You know, I'd like to give it a little time to simmer. Um, but uh, if you want to go back, you can watch uh, the Sega Talk Sonic the Hedgehog episode we did. George is on that. Um, and that's what I really want to hear. I want to hear George's opinions on this movie too. But I also want to go through the making of it, uh, talk a lot about the behind-the-scenes stuff, and... Um, I don't have him locked in yet. He's going to do it, but he has not followed up on which dates. But uh, on a future Swing and Report show, maybe even the next episode that we do in a, a two or three weeks, um, I want to have Keel Fegley on, who is the um, writer of the Sonic novelization and the Sonic 2 novelization as well as a writer on the uh, IDW uh, one-shot comic that came out. 
And so he's basically the writer for any of the, the Sonic movie stuff outside the movies. So um, looking forward to having him back on. He actually came on when he was writing smaller um, young adult Sonic books with like little mini stories in them from the, I guess, modern canon. So um, look forward to that. And who knows? Maybe we'll have Agent Stone on for a future podcast or something. Um, but I don't. I mean, as far as what this did for my fandom, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I was a little a little grumpy that uh, Paramount saw fit to um, hit us more with legal threats than actually send us like a friendly email saying, "Here's an invite to something," or "Here's I don't know." Like I, I'm not asking for exclusives, but like. You know, a little more respect here. You don't have to threaten us with legal actions over a Happy Meal toy. Like, I don't know. Um, but I'm hoping, as time goes on, that uh, I, I want to cover these movies a little more intimately. Um, you know, not like hugging and kissing it, but you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be afraid to talk about them in fear of Paramount Legal crashing down on us and and destroying the channel. Um, so yeah, that that pretty much does it. Uh, we will be back, like I said, probably two three weeks. Uh, have Kiel Fegley on, um, and oh, all right. So here's a little bit of an exclusive. Should I talk about this? I'll tease it. I don't want to give it away. Um, so myself and a lot of the Sonic and Seg, mainly Sonic websites, who you. I guess, I don't know, how am I going to say this? You've seen some of them involved with, like, the promotion of the Sonic movie, um, but by and large it's been, like, the ones that have not really been in the premiere invites. I'm just trying to give you, like, a little hint as to who is involved with this little project. Um, we got in touch with someone who has something that has not been seen for close to 30 years. And I would say it's bigger than the Knuckles reveal that appeared um, with the, the, it was Knuckles concept art that appeared a year before Knuckles actually appeared. It's basically the earliest Knuckles concept art. If you saw that on Sagabits, that was um, a pretty big deal. Here, I'll bring it up here for people. I posted it up on Sonic Retro too, because I'm a writer there as well. Did you know that? Let's see. I'm always afraid to screen share. There we go. So yeah, if you remember this, that was a pretty big deal. That was pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I'm stretching this out. I don't know why I am. But basically, think something along that lines of that era that has not ever been seen before, but there have been little whispers, whispers in the night, whispers in the dark of these documents um, I wouldn't say it's a document. I'd say it's about a 30-page document um, relating to something Sonic that never came to the light of day. Never, never happened. I wouldn't say never happened because we're talking about it right now. But um, maybe you can kind of piece together what I'm talking about there. It's something Sonic-y from 1993, 1994 um, that no one's ever seen before that never really came to fruition until I'd say a couple of years ago in a very different form. And we have the complete description of it, I guess I'll say. 
and it's going to be on the Twitch channel for the person who owns this document, but it is being kind of organized or I guess guest hosted by Segabits, some affiliate sites, some friends of ours um, have not reached out to all of them yet. It's It's been a little slow going, but we want to put together something that will be really fun. So be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that I was at the right place at the right time for when this document was mentioned by the, by the owner. <laughs> Otherwise, they probably would continue to sit on it. So, um, yeah, be, be on the lookout for that. Uh, so without further ado, that just about does it. Thank you for joining me on the Segabit Swing and Report show. Oh, we have guesses. Sonic Extreme. I will give a hint. It's not a game. Um... Without further ado, <laughs> that just about does it. So thank you for watching. We will see you the next time. We have Sega Talk dropping next week. It's going to be, I believe, Anarchy Reigns. So looking forward to talking about that. And Keel Fegley, future episode. And then Mystery Stream with something really big that everyone's really going to... I don't know. I don't know if it'll make IGN. I'd like to hope it would make IGN. I think if IGN were smart, they would news it. Um, but yeah, be on the lookout for that. Maybe maybe there isn't just one Sonic movie this year. So uh, without further ado, thank you for watching. Goodbye. Sega, Sega, Sega. Sega. Sega.